Hello World, you're listening to an MA's Point of View with Big J. Uh, this is Big J. I'm here with Deb, G. Dave. Speak to the people, y'all. Hey, guys. Yo, what's going on? Alright, so from from what I'm hearing, uh, give y'all a little bit of a background as to, you know, what led up to my current incarceration and how long I'm down and whatnot. So, honestly, the type of person I am, Outside of here, I'm a fun guy, loving guy, you know what I mean? The guy everybody could call up when they need help doing something or was super dependable. Gab and G-Dave could tell y'all, you know, they were super young when I was home. They called me three, four o'clock in the morning stranded somewhere and here I come, you know? Yeah. That was me. But, uh, you know, I, I, I hit a point in my life where it was just like loss after loss after loss and Tried to make it look good for the people, you know what I mean? But ultimately, I fell into doing robberies and stupid shit like that. Mother, if you're listening, apologize for the language, but that's the real. So, uh, you know, we got caught up. Guy got caught. He uh, gave everything up. We all got arrested. Um, Honestly, the county jail is a completely different animal. <laughs> like the county jail is real you can't can't ain't no running away from nothing like um that is a rough stop so you would say a dollar for a pack of oodles and noodles mm-hmm. it's like you're so it's, it's the mental the mental aspect of it is the craziest because you're so close to home but you're so far away like you know what i mean you're right in the middle of downtown and you can see people going past and everything but you can't get out there like it's it's wild it's super wild. Paying a dollar, a dollar five for a pack of oodles and noodles, a dollar thirty for a honey bun. Uh, phone calls is ridiculous. Um, then, then you get you get these lawyers who don't necessarily have your know, best interest at hand. You know what I mean? Like you I have got, one minute left. I got caught up in a situation where you know. Honestly, my case wasn't the best situation, but he didn't help the situation at all. You know, he uh, basically told me to take an open plea, and an open plea is pretty much saying, yeah, I'm guilty, but, you know, sentence me to whatever you're sentencing me to, and, and just basically hoping that they show you mercy. You know what I mean? Uh, I got arrested at 22, and I got sentenced to 22 to 44 years, and that feeling is like no other feeling, man. I'm calling back, y'all. Okay. The caller has hung up. To accept this free call, press one. To refuse this free call, press two. If you would, thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. Hello. All right. So, like I was saying, the whole getting sentenced thing—that was one of the worst feelings ever. Um. When you ask a bunch of people to show up just for support, so it looks like, you know, you got people that care in your corner. Uh, Gab, G, Dave, I didn't want y'all there. Y'all was a little bit too young for me at the time I felt to be in that situation. I didn't want to see y'all like that anyways. But I had three people show up. I had Mom, Mom came, Aunt Coletta came, and Coach Rob. And them two, for them to be there, They'll always be 
love that me. You know what I mean? Like that was that was major. But I mean, you 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 ask this judge not to do what he did, and they still sentence you all crazy, whether it's your first sentence or you know your second or third time. The same judge gave somebody else that a homicide. Same judge, he gave him twenty two to forty four years. You know what I mean? And Nobody got killed on our situation, you know what I mean? Nobody got hurt. Uh, I don't know, but we got sentenced all crazy. Um, my co-defendants got 25 to 50. Mm-hmm. So after, I think I spent 13 months down the county, I, 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 got the, I got the ping in the cell on April Fool's Day in the middle of the night. Ding, Davis, back your stuff up. You're going upstate. I'm like, oh shit, I'm going upstate, you know what I mean? Like, you, you see the movies, you know, it's supposed to be crazy, and you think of people going to be getting their head cut off, and, <laughs> but, uh, so, they pack us up, I end up seeing my cousin, um, my co-defendant bang, we go to the jail Western, which was on the north side of Pittsburgh. We get there, go through the quarantine, we go through that whole process, they send us to Camp Hill, and, Man, it, that that whole situation is just like out and it's humbling, you know what I mean? But I don't—I honestly don't think that it hit me, that time hit me until I got maybe probably my last whole trip. I've been to the whole three times. My last whole trip was about two years ago or something like that. And I did 75 days for something that I had no part of. I had nothing to do with it. And it's basically take that or tell and be a rat. And I, I can't do that. You know what I mean? That's not, it's not, it ain't what you're supposed to do. So I did the 75 days I got out the hole and I've just been trying to get my life together ever since. But I do want people to know that, you know, when your family is in areas like where I'm at right now, I'm in SEI, we're in areas where we're around people who's not used to dealing with us. We're dealing with people that look like us. You know what I mean? So they already got this preconceived notion of how they want to deal with you. And they look at you like, oh, you're in prison. You know what I mean? And it's their job to punish us. And it's not. You know what I mean? It's supposed to come do their eight hours, make sure ain't nobody having sex, make sure ain't nobody tattooing, make sure ain't nobody doing drugs, fighting and none of that. And then leave. This like is this a call thing. from Pennsylvania State Correctional Institution, Fayette. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. This is really one of the easiest jobs ever, man. And if you got your high school diploma, I suggest you get some of that easy money. This is that's just me keeping it all the way real with y'all. Um, and these people they come in here so angry and upset, <laughs> and and they're going home every day, and we don't get to see our loved ones. Some days we don't even get to talk to our loved ones because you know how they feel, and they don't want to let us out, so we don't get out. Currently going through a situation right now where I just got. I just got to write up, might be going to the whole about being on the phone. I wasn't supposed to be on the phone, but we'll see how that played out. Never got on the phone when I wasn't supposed to be on the phone, but that's a different story. Right. Well, I just wanted to add that how we were having a conversation uh, maybe a week ago or a few days ago, and we were saying, well, you were telling me that the CEOs are just so ready to like punish and like just be rude and negative and make you guys' lives harder. And I was saying, like, you have to be trained that way. Like, 
in my head, it's like somebody trained them to feel like they, that that was their job. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Listen, we, we got these rookies that come in and work. We call them rookies, you know, and they're, they're I think you gotta have like a year in, they call them rookies, they're rookies. Mm-hmm. But they come in and depending on who's training them, it's like, oh man, he's going to be the worst. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there's some of them that come in like, you know, they might have knew somebody was in jail and know that we're not terrible people because we're in here. Right. You know what I mean? Like, some people just made bad decisions. Like, but, I mean, I got, man, so many situations that I've seen. I didn't, I didn't have guards. <laughs> Pennsylvania State Correctional Institution, Fayette. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. I had a lady guard. She beefed with me for about four or five months. I'm sure y'all remember that. Yeah. Listen, she put me in the cell and walked past the cell and just tapped the door. Every time she walked past. <laughs> and knowing I can't see her, she just come past, tapped the door and ran away. Mm-hmm. And it was like, man, every time I came out of the cell, what are you doing? Go back to your cell. Uh, screaming and hollering. I think she got me pulled over to her block. Mm-hmm. And I was over on that block for two months. And in that 60 days that I was over there, I did 45 days of cell restriction. So cell restriction is when you can't leave your cell before an hour to go out the yard. Mm-hmm. You come right in, you get in the shower, and then you go lock in your cell. It's like being in the hole with being in regular population. Right. And uh, I did 45 days straight on that because she didn't like me because she wanted to have a conversation with me one day. And I, t- and I just got off the phone. I just had a bad conversation with my family. Member. I don't want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm asking her to open my door. She want to talk to me about how she understands what we're going through. And that she might have been right to have that conversation at that time. But at that time, that's not what I wanted to hear. That's not what you're feeling. Ever since then, she's been on me ever since then, man. Like, it been, it been, <laughs> she just, I just was over there. I work as an electrician. Mm-hmm. I just was over there and she just kept trying to talk to me. And I'm, I'm trying to busy myself with work so I don't, have to speak to her, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have to speak to you. So she uh, she comes over, Mr. Davis, what are you doing? How have you been? Are you okay? This, that, and it's like, come on, man. You know you really don't care for me, and you know I really don't care for you. Like, we don't have to talk, but right. it's the type of stuff that they do because they know they can get away with it. Um, I had a situation where an ex of mine, she was coming to see me, and they told her, to come into a room so they could have the dog, the drug dog sniffer. And um, they they sit her in a chair in the middle of the room to let the dog sniffer, and then they make the dog sniff up her crotch. What? Right. Now, she didn't tell me about it at the time that it happened. And when I did find out and I tried to say something and bring it to their attention about this is what your guards are doing up here, it was like, yeah, we'll look into it. And wake me off. You know what I mean? And it's like, this is this is the stuff that we deal with. Like, this type of stuff makes your family not want to come see you. Because why would I want to come see you if I'm going to have a dog sniffing up my crotch? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds crazy. And it just that sounds like, it sounds like there's no way to really file a complaint or to really address issues that y'all have. There is a, there's a process that you're supposed to take. Like, uh, they have a set of bylaws that they have to live by, and it's called Code of Ethics, that they're supposed to live by and, you know, uh, go by. One of them is, 
if they search the cell that you're being housed in, you're supposed to be there unless it's an emergency or some type of threat to security that you're in the presence. You know what I mean? So yeah. one day I'm at work and somebody told me like, yo, they ain't got cells. So I come back, my cell is in the block yard. He don't know nothing about it. So when I get in there, they didn't, they didn't took food out of our cell. They took a remote out of my cell. They took an apologies for not for saying my cell. It's not my cell. I'm just being housed there right now. But they took a bunch of stuff through the way. Mm-hmm. So I file a grievance. I go through the proper process. They say that they're going to investigate it. Now, the response from them is, oh, well, they said that they never wanted your cell. So I told them to check the camera. The camera proves everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh... They say that they're going to investigate it. That's their response. They're going to investigate it. So they write me back and they say that my grievance is frivolous and um, basically denied. And it's like, well, how much, how much, uh, how how can I put something into this if this it's never going to go the way that it's supposed to go? Right. Exactly. If your friends and cousins and stuff is investigating, you're never going to go to jail. Yeah. You're never going to be found wrong. Yeah. You're never going to be found guilty. Like, so, right. I mean, and it's crazy because you they can write us up for anything. Like, the situation I'm going through right now. Right now, you could be a recipient of somebody's anger for something that their wife or husband did. Mm-hmm. And you could never, you could never bounce back from that because it's their word over yours. Yeah. It sounds crazy. It sounds like, it sounds like it's them versus y'all. And it is, but this is the craziest part about it, right? You would think that in that type of situation that the inmates would band together and say, man, you know, we're going to stand up. I was There's a lot of dudes that are so mentally deep and drained from what they're going through and don't know how to go about trying to fix it. So it, everything just goes unquestioned and people just take it on the chin. Yeah. Along with the inmate on inmate BS. Along that with that. On. Yeah. Along with that, you got you got the inmate on inmate, and then on top of that, you got guards who uh, don't like you because of just the way you look, or because you might have had words this day, and they know the upper, the higher ups, and they can do anything, say anything, and have you sitting in the hole somewhere, forgot about. You know what I mean? Can you get more into the inmate on inmate and what's that's like? I know you said uh, the ACJ was pretty bad because I mean it's it's everybody in the city. You know you can't run away from that. But what is it like with uh, being in, at a state correctional institute? Well, I can't speak about all the other places. This place isn't as bad as it used to be. Uh, there used to be some stabbings every now and then. And I'm pretty sure everything is down right now because of the way that they have us running with the COVID going on. We're all locked in for 45 minutes a day and it's like eight people out of the time. But at one point it was... Uh, it was kind of bad. It's not. It's not like what they used to make it on the movies. But it's like, to me, it's a little bit worse because the people who are constantly picking with you, or people who you can't, you can't say anything to. You can't rake them up like there's never any consequence. Right. You know what I mean. So this is more like a, a institution than it is a prison. Man, it's a crazy house. <laughs> Got a bunch of crazy people running around, but. To me, the worst the worst part about the time is not being able to deal with your family members and whatnot. Okay, so so what does Big J do through the course of a day with uh, COVID? I know there's not a lot to do, but what do you try to do to 
you know, to get by every day? What's your every day? Uh, well, every morning, 6.15, wild, count time, count time, you got to stand up. Or they come around, count you like animals. Um, wow. I work as an electrician, so 8 o'clock, I'm, I'm to work. I'm back at 11. I work on my legal work in between those times. Go back to work at 1 o'clock. I'm back at 2.30. Make some calls with my family or whatever. And so between I, I, right now, we we don't we don't get yard unless it's every other day, and you can only get in the shower at your slotted times. So we might have the phones right now, the phones in the day room, and the showers right now, and seven o'clock we got to go out to the sh- uh, to the block yard. So I can't. You work have one minute left. Because how am I supposed to get in the shower? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Something real quick I want to tell everybody. There's there's a guy by the name of Damon Young. He wrote this article. It's called Racism Killed My Mother. Yeah. I'd like everybody to check that out, man. So Read that. We're familiar about, with that. You're familiar with it? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's a, it's a great article, man. And if you live in Pittsburgh and if you have family in Pittsburgh or whatever the case is, man, you need to know about that. Um, Also... Y'all, we want better in life, so we got to do better, man. Ain't nothing going to change until we start changing the way we think. Don't forget to, you know, think about George Floyd, Jacob Blake, Breonna Taylor, everybody. Don't forget that, man. I love y'all. Thank y'all again, man. I'll talk to y'all in a little bit. All right, bro. Love you. Love you. All right, man. Love y'all. Talk to y'all in a little bit. All right. All right.